Welcome to Pilots with Shmi and Riker. I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And we are just a couple of nerds who watch entirely too much TV and didn't want all that training and hard work and focus and practice to go to waste. So we made a podcast about it. Each week we watch and review the pilot episode of shows that made it to series on the merits of the pilot as a standalone episode and give it a pass or fail grade as successful or unsuccessful. A successful pilot is one that immediately leaves you wanting to come back for more. And an unsuccessful pilot, well, if you've ever tried to get a friend to binge one of your favorite shows but need to qualify it first with give it a few episodes before you're hooked, probably a good example of an unsuccessful pilot. We try to keep our scoring objective, so we analyze what makes a successful pilot and boiled it down to four essential criteria. Does it clearly establish the genre? How well does it introduce the main characters? Is the overarching plot clearly defined? And does it end with a hook that makes us want to come back for more? Now, our scoring might be objective, but we are not. After all, we are opinionated nerds bullshitting about our favorite TV shows and the shows that we love to hate. Maybe you agree with us. Maybe you think we're way off base. Turns out that discussion is exactly what we're here for. So please tell us all about it in the comments. This is Pilots. Welcome back to Pilots. I'm Shmi. Actually, I'm Riker, but Shmi here keeps bungling the opening, so I got it for. Um, <laughs> we watched Black Sails this week, as promised last week. <laughs> and uh, what'd you think? Wait, Shmi here loves this show. Uh, oh, it's my favorite. I would say it's like top three shows of all time. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it other than she's been insisting that I watch it before we started podcasting. Yeah. So I'd, I'd watched the first two episodes um, and haven't been... You know how when you are when you end some shows that you love mm-hmm. and then you have a hard time getting an appetite for a new show for a yes. while? I'm kind of in that, that like watcher's block limbo i'm there right now are actually. you yes it's been maddening the only like regular show i've got going like i just have one show that's still giving me episodes and yeah. other than that i'm just like i can't i'm not interested in anything uh i'm watching yellowstone mm-hmm. right now but the season ended and i'm a month behind yeah. you know what it's because it's the election i think so i get caught up watching the news all night and i get yeah. really excited by election coverage and infuriated, but, you know, <laughs> addicted. <laughs> um, and me, I'm an escapist, so I go straight to the TV. Yeah, so probably after the election, when we get back to just regular order, I'm going to get real bored and then <laughs> start wanting to watch shows again. But uh, So I watched the first episode mm-hmm. and wanted to be hooked immediately, wasn't, um, and couldn't decide if that was just me or if that was... Uh, the show's fault and was not that excited to watch this again, but I'm like committed to doing it for you. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm realizing that I know, and I know I have this problem anyway, and I think I'm going to sound really ignorant and stupid right now, but I have a hard time listening to shows where everybody's heavily accented. Yeah. Everyone has a bit of an accent. Yeah. And it's like, there's a sort of recalibration that your brain needs to do. Mm-hmm. That if you're not like coming to the show to watch it, mm-hmm. you have to give it you your have to full work attention. For it. Yeah. yeah, you got to work for it. And I, that's the point. Like, I haven't been willing to work for a show lately. But watching it back again and realizing all the nuances that I missed the first time and probably missed a bunch the second time too, but putting the pieces together of the show's quality. Yeah. It, it was an impressive, I think it was an impressive pilot. It's impressive to look at. Uh, it's sort of a world that you've never seen on a TV scale before. And the only other really modern pirate shows, and I say shows, but I mean Movies? content, oh. is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. which I think started really strong and overstayed its welcome so that I'm not that excited about it. Plus, I wanted like, you know, it's pirate fantasy. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of seeing something that feels like it's real, even if it's in kind of a fantastical world. 
Yeah, and I would say that's absolutely where this one lands you. Mm-hmm. It's it's a nice integration of historical pirates. Yeah. Um, so you've got Jack Rackham and Anne Bonny, who are historical pirates. Jack Rackham being the guy who came up with the Jolly Roger, which is the skull and crossbones on the flag. Um, and then Anne Bonny, which is his partner. And they're both just completely famous uh, pirates. And then they're kind of integrated in with your... Uh, Treasure Island Pirates. So Flint was from Treasure Island. Billy's from Treasure Island. Um, Silver, you know, mm-hmm. Silver's from Treasure Island. So you get some people in kind of like a more of a fantastical pirate story mixed with people in a historical one. So you get both elements. And I really like that about it. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. So the Jack Rackham, mm-hmm. uh, who I didn't realize he was a historical pilot. He pirate, is, yeah. Who's, what's his pirate name? Is it Jack Rackham? Um, Calico Jack. Okay. He's so wimpy. He is. He's big on, he's very big on, um, his fashion. Like they don't really get into it in the pilot. Yeah. Well, he's awfully stylish with that mullet. (laughs) That was before it's time. With everything. Oh, I know. God, that he has the worst hair. I just hate his hair. I do. Um, but I hate mullets and I will just never get on board with them. I'm sorry. But, um, David Bowie's the only guy who's ever rocked a mullet. And, you know, he was in the labyrinth for that. You know, it was... (laughs) It was a costume. Was, yeah, it was a costume. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. So, you know, it wasn't his day to day. But no, Jack Rackham's, he's big on kind of his fashion, but like really he's big on his name. He wants to make a name for himself. Going back through it, knowing that he came up with the Jolly Roger, it's kind of this very small piece of the show that they keep showing like the creation of it and that he's very, he's very particular about what he wants mm-hmm. and that he's just not going to get like the people keep giving him like drawings of the oh. here here's he's like no that's all wrong <laughs> he gets really excited he's like no that's bad oh so he hasn't invented it yet in the show mm-hmm. no, oh because so this i is know before so you said something about the jelly rogers and i said how did he factor into the raid on the mm-hmm. ship in the opening scene which we'll get to in a second um, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't once we end the getting to know you he no, was no, not no, part I of didn't that understand crew. because yeah. you said the the jelly rogers which of course is the flag the skull yeah. and, uh, cr- crossbones flag when we start Open at the ship that was attacked at the beginning of the show. There was a flag that's that was a skeleton mm-hmm. flag, like holding a sword or something. Yeah, but it wasn't the and skull it, and crossbones. And I looked at it and thought, "What is that? That's really stupid looking." <laughs> yeah. Um, and like just is ineffective at mm-hmm. doing conveying the meaning you want it to. So I just kind of took it as okay. Well, that's a flag among other flags that they had at the time. Mm-hmm. So skull and crossbones maybe was iconic, but you know maybe everybody had a different flag. Yeah. So so, skull and so when you mentioned it. that. Him and the Jolly Rogers, and I said the raid on the ship, and I asked you, how did he affect the the raid on the ship? (laughs) Well, because it didn't make sense. The question didn't make sense, because he wasn't at the ship. Yeah, no. But I made that connection because of the flag, so that Mm -hmm. was a little foreshadowing of things to come, where he invents... The 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 icon later. Mm-hmm, oh, that's a cool bit of trivia. Yeah, because so, I did notice it. I yeah. thought that flag is kind of out of place. I mm-hmm. just I made a mental check. I didn't really think in a conscious way about it, but I made a mental check because it just didn't feel right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, no. So it's really fun that you kind of see the development. Of, I mean, like you never actually see it on paper, really. Like you just see him just being like, no, and he's being very difficult with the artist, and the right. artist wants, you know, like it's it's very amusing. Temperamental. Very. De- <laughs> yeah. stuff. He just knows exactly what he wants, and he's like, mm, no. Right. <laughs> That's uh, not it. So sort of a metro pirate. That's exactly it. He's very metro. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, let's. Get get into our form here. Well, so uh, I think we've kind of hit on genre, no? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. So it's a it's a pirate, pseudo historical, mm-hmm. a little bit fantastical. Yeah. It's a very colorful full world that we're in. Um, it doesn't feel historically real necessarily. In what way? Because uh, the girls are too pretty. Okay, but like aside <laughs> from the the pretty factor. No, no, no. There, it feels it feels like there's a Hollywood quality to okay, it. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like it's really authentic. It's not and grungy showing. enough. Exactly. Okay. Oh, yeah. That grungy is a perfect word. I was about to reach for the wrong word. Um, and grungy is is it exactly? It doesn't feel down and dirty and impoverished enough. You know, the guys don't feel grizzled enough. Um, it feels a little bit too antiseptic a little too clean in a hollywood sense where it's very pretty and it's very imaginative but but it's a world that you want to be in yeah and i think in 
you know, to live through that in real life, mm-hmm. it's probably very much a world that you wouldn't want to live yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> that it's much more um, inviting than yes. the reality of that. Right. Because it, there, it would be hard. Like, the life of a so, pirate would not be a desirable one at it, all. It doesn't feel like an authentic period piece. Uh, and I think, it, you know, in the genre that it's establishing, I, I don't think it. I don't think it is. It's not supposed to feel like an authentic period piece. It's an adventure show. Like, there's a lot of intrigue in it. Am I picking up on this correctly? I think so. I mean, I don't know. I... No. Because I think that it is pretty in line with what's historically happening at the time. There are accurate. Yes. Okay. Go on. So, I feel like... I feel like it is really in line with it. In fact, I do... I felt like it really did a... The pilot specifically did a good job of showing us... um, just the politics that go into being a pirate like yes it doesn't show us the gritty cult like uh, i, see I mean saying. they still get into the violent piece of it you know um and it does get pretty gross um maybe more gnarly than gritty at this point um no but, i see what you're saying but it shows is, you the insides of it right it shows the the pressures of mm-hmm. being a captain and did you know that it was an electric an elected position because before black sails i did not um no, but it makes sense it's because a, you've got but a, it is in a that crew. Ship. Is it? Is it the case mm-hmm. across the show that? Yeah, it's so it turns position? out that's a historically that's that's a thing. The, who's that who's was, the owner of the ship? I mean, the crew, I guess, in a sense. Really? Well, because they probably because they're stolen ships, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> exactly. So if you have a crew of bandits, who's going to be in charge? The no, one you guys vote to be in charge, and if you guys don't like them anymore, I mean, there's not law and order. You're pirates. You're Band of it's criminals. actually a true. It's a true democracy. Yeah, there needs to be even rules still to govern things. Like when the guy says, "What you're accusing him of is punishable by death," as Mr. is Gates. a false accusation, yeah. punishable by death. So when you have a crew of criminals, mm-hmm. they're very black and white in the rule book that they operate in, because otherwise it would devolve into unreasonable conditions. Yeah, chaos. Absolutely. And that to your point, that's what makes it kind of a historically accurate show. Yeah. And it is in line with, with what they would really be dealing with. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with the politics of it, when you're dealing with the band of criminals who are gonna have honor among them. You yeah. know, some of them are gonna be good men, even though they're bad guys. Mm-hmm. Good men in certain ways. They're gonna be dynamic. They're gonna yeah. be deep and rich, complex characters. Is that what you have to look forward to in the show outside yeah. of the pilot? I would say so. Definitely. I would say that the that the pilot conveys that that's what you're that we're looking forward to yeah yeah um okay so i think we're in i think you're right we i think we've established the genre mm-hmm. uh pretty clearly and uh that brings us to characters. characters and i started trying to make a list of them all because there's a reason that it's a full hour long yeah. <laughs> like there are a lot of characters to like just get in there and introduce so um well, first one that you remember uh the captain Captain when Flint. he pulls out, yeah, when we first introduce, so there's the raid on the ship in the opening scene, uh, or the opening sequence. There's a raid on the ship, and you kind of you don't know who anybody is, but we establish the ship, so you're sort of assuming these guys who are being attacked are our good guys. Are the good guys? Yeah, mm-hmm. they're the guys that we're going to be rooting for mm-hmm. through this attack or whatever comes after. Sure. And then the attack ends when the guy in. Flint. I don't know. Would you say oh. Arab garb? That's what I. Yeah, would say. he just he had his face covered for sure. Uh-huh. Well, he looked like he's uh, he looks Saudi Arabian. Yeah. Oh looks gosh. Like, it looks like what's that show? Um, Lawrence of Arabia is kind of <laughs> how he ch- introduces himself. King of Thieves is, is like the the Aladdin's King of Thieves was right. Totally the way he dressed. Um, and then the actually Singleton, the bald guy who was you know at odds with him, who yeah. was vying for captaincy. Um. Also, King of Thieves, like very much in theme, in right. theme for that. So, uh, we, it's kind of a surprise reveal. We still mm-hmm. don't know who the guy is, but he he stops the other person. What's that guy's name? Singleton. Singleton, um, who's a key character in this pilot, um, and the pilot only. <laughs> right. So he stops him from killing the guy who would seem to be the captain of the ship, the guy that we think we're going to be taking an interest in as a main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, pulls his his uh, face covering Flint, off yes, and says, "Yeah, and introduce." And then we're introduced to the captain that we'll come to know as Flint, mm-hmm. uh, and says, "What's the line?" Oh gosh, he says something You're about like it's finished. 
Don't you agree? Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like I think we're done here. Like I the carnage can conclude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sparing the yeah the Pers- captain of the ship that exactly. they're overtaking and perspective shift. Boom! The guys who just raided and killed a bunch of people are the guys that we're following. Here's our main character. Which is crazy because moments before the Flint reveal, you get the most savage looking people you've ever seen, like sharpened teeth. They are like the most violent. They ask no questions and just gore. Like I I didn't remember it being so violent. And, you know, I told you my friend Alicia watched the pilot and she said, yeah, it's too gory for me. And I'm like, what? How is that possible? Because the rest of the show, I don't feel like is nearly as gory. And maybe it just, it's, it, is not as persistent as it is sure. in the pilot. So, but watching it again, I'm like, oh my God, this is brutal. <laughs> like on multiple occasions, it is really brutal. I could see why this might make someone take a step back if this is all they've got to go on. Right. So to follow your train here, uh, they come in as a faceless horde of monsters. Mm-hmm. They are faceless. I they mean, are. Singleton is scarred. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks like a you know horror movie monster. Absolutely. Um, you got the African guys who look like they were just purchased and and paid for and created to be like killing machines. Kill yeah, and they reminded me of Grey Worm and his crew in uh, Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah. When, at that point, um, so so you're seeing some Game of Thrones parallels as well. I don't know. Yes, but you did put it in my head very <laughs> I did con- concretely Absolutely. that. That you said it's like Game of Thrones, except all these reasons that it was better and it knew exactly where it was going and totally stuck the landing. Absolutely. I only say that to be controversial right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. We'll do Game of Thrones later. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's really interesting. Uh, So you're right, it establishes really, it's peak TV. So Mm -hmm. we meet a lot of characters throughout this and it's too hard to like, categorized from a pilot who exactly is the main character mm-hmm. or, or who, especially when you get Singleton die at the end as sort of a villain, but totally not actually. And actually he was right. Yeah, he was, he seemed they, like they definitely color him like any Disney villain you've ever seen. Like yeah. he's got the gruff voice. Scary. He's got the scarred face. Yeah. He's vicious, like ruthless. Yeah. Scary. You Piercing just eyes. Absolutely. You just don't bald. get to know him well enough. And you know, he's going against our guy Flint. So, yeah. <laughs> so we don't like him. Yeah, the one that we've been told is the guy that we're supposed to root for. Absolutely. So uh, with the complex um, mosaic of characters <laughs> in this first episode, where you don't know, you're still figuring out who's, who's. I'm, I say this loosely, a hero and villain. Yeah. Um, you know, how do the girls fit in? Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether or not, you know, it clearly, it's not a traditional show that establishes all the characters. Sure. Right front. In fact, finish this and it makes you think well we probably are going to meet more characters who are central characters in the next couple episodes maybe maybe not but uh that's not the important thing here the important thing is how clearly i think after that closing scene or right before the opening credits these are the characters and you don't necessarily know that in that moment but Mm -hmm. it continues and and this is how we met the characters these are pirates they're ruthless they're killers like, we're going to grow to like them, mm-hmm. but let's not forget how they are perceived, as the opening text says. They are, what did it say? That they are enemies of mankind? Something like that, yes. Yeah. Um, so, really interesting. A really interesting way of of introducing the characters. And, I, you know, I didn't realize this until we started talking about it, but mm-hmm. actually how clever that setup was. The bait and switch. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that they totally, like... We were kind of misled, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, they were playing fair. Right. We had all the info. Um, I really, I, I always miss it. If you don't pay close attention, you miss it. Just Silver's part in it all. Um, so I you don't know, know who that is, Silver. Silver is the curly haired guy who is like the most boyish looking guy aside from Billy. The cook. The cook. Co- co- well, yeah. quote unquote, the cook. The crook? The crook? <laughs> the crook, the cook. <laughs> so yeah, let's lay that out for, for the sure. listeners. Uh, so we have... Captain Flynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flint. We, Flint. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned uh, Singleton. Yes, the bald man with lots of scars. Mm-hmm. Does not make it. Uh, yeah, let's get into that real... Well, let me lay out everybody, and then let's sure. hit a couple key points. So the people who are really noteworthy to me at the end of the episode, okay. uh, and some of those are as movers in the plot of this episode, and others that you know you need to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got Flint, you got the cook slash crook, the guy who steals the page, um, 
who we assume kills the actual cook. Yes. Uh, when and his name is Silver, just for our listeners. Okay. Well, um, when when he's trying to hide out from the carnage that's taken on above deck and kind of establishes he is not an honorable man, and then we are led to assume he murders the uh, actual cook who is also hiding out because, hey, man, I'm a cook, not a pirate. I'm just, <laughs> that's how I pay yeah. my way. Nobody expects much from me. Yeah. Um, so he is one to watch right away, especially because he has that stolen page that will lead to the treasure. And he's humorous. He's got a bit of a wit about him, like even joking with the cook, like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter if the captain's dead, yeah. like whose side I'm on. He's got a sort of Robert Downey Jr. wit to him. Absolutely, Except yeah. he's disgusting. In what way? I just find him repulsive. Yeah, I I have to say, in the early... The pilot, he's just too dopey and boyish. I did not like yeah. him in the first episode, and I totally think it's his appearance. I ha- I think it has nothing to do with him as an actor. Him, like It's literally just the boyish look that they yeah, give him. I, that he's I, naive, dopey, mm-hmm. boyish. I think the problem that I have with him is some latent like childhood judgment and jealousy thing yeah. going on where he's the kind of guy that you see in a show who's like got a tough guy persona and mm-hmm. is super not a tough guy. Yeah. And that all the girls love. And it's oh, like, yeah. what's so great about him? <laughs> like he's a weenie. Like what is so, like that guy, that guy, huh? Uh, so he's one that just, you're right, by his appearance, mm-hmm. I just find him distasteful. <laughs> yeah, and me, I'm... It's those stupid pearly white cap teeth that just... You know, and that, the curly hair. Yeah, the gross hair. That's I just felt greasy. like I was supposed to be really attracted to him and just find him so handsome, and I just was bothered by that. I don't like being told who to like. <laughs> See, that's why I don't like him. I feel like they're establishing, oh, he's the handsome, he's the good-looking, oh, he's the young, suave, hot guy. It's like, that guy, though? <laughs> like, is, that, is that a guy that girls like? I don't think so. And it's so funny because I will say in this way, it does it does him a disservice because he is probably one of the best characters on the, like he's just amazing. He is the reason to continue watching to the end. Um to kind of give it away a little bit, like the smallest spoiler, Silver is short for Long John Silver. He becomes Long John Silver. I assumed that. Okay. Um so for our listeners then who may not have known it, um He's Long John Silver from Treasure Island. So this all is supposed to basically take place before Treasure Island. Okay. Um, well. So <laughs> these guys have not become anyone yet. It's kind of a becoming story, like almost an oh, origin story. Oh, interesting. Which oh. I really like. Um, and I've never read Treasure Island. it makes it a pretty R-rated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that makes me have a different opinion about saying it's, it's a little bit too Hollywoodified because it's actually a really mature mm-hmm. version of uh, Treasure Island. Yeah. Hmm. I like that. And I've never actually read Treasure Island. I meant to, and I downloaded the audiobook and just yeah. kind of let that expire. Maybe one day, but... If it's, it's a book, I probably haven't read it. Oh, yeah, it's a book. It, it seems to be short, too, even. But I, you know, and they I have an audiobook. <laughs> in sixth grade during SSR, oh. silent sustained reading, for those of y'all who... Uh, they didn't have that term. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, during S- did you have SSR? I don't know that they called it Kay. that. I think it was D E R D E A R. Drop everything and read time. You know, if they wanted us to read, they might have found a way to make it fun. You know, make it seem fun. Oh, do you SSR like accelerated SATs. reader. You don't remember accelerated reader? They made it like us. You're going on a journey. The, the points equated to miles, or it was something I stupid. Didn't have that. No, yeah, you had to take tests on every book you read, and each like, and you had to make sure you read a book that got a test on it otherwise it's not worth freaking reading it because you don't get it for points and then you have to pass these tests to get accelerated reader points and then you have to accumulate these points for like buying power at the school and then you know at one point they kind of calculated it as like i don't know miles to a different country it was just stupid the way that they try to motivate you it's like oh we've read this many books to this country. i don't know it's weird it was weird anyway point systems (laughs) I, my grandma got me hooked on phonics. It was actually a knockoff. <laughs> it was a knockoff version. I can't yeah. remember what it was called. Um, she got got me some hooked on phonics thing for Christmas. Like, you're welcome. <laughs> How old are you? Like in kindergarten or first uh-huh. grade. And I was a year younger than everybody because mm. it was a different cutoff in California. So I was yeah. four years old or five years old, and she always acted like I was so far behind on reading. <laughs> and my other cousins were athletes, so I was I would get like, here's some word games, and here's something to help you uh, help assist with your um, your hand eye coordination. 
and made both like it was very clear to me at five years old this is really offensive (laughs) (laughs) you guys just think i'm dumb all right anyway sorry let's get back to the game (laughs) so uh we talked about those two characters Mm -hmm. um flint and silver yep and singleton and you have the bald bearded guy who's like the number two to Oh, Mr. Gates. Yeah, who's clearly a very important person. He's the Davos of this story. Uh, you have... He looks like Smee from, like, Hook, but <laughs> is not actually at all. He's not gutless in the way that... Like, he's actually a very strong character and a decent, like, advocate for the captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. He's a, he's 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 an anchoring character. Oh, it yeah. Seems. He's critical to... He's a... He's like a politically savvy guy, mm-hmm. like not a politician himself, but knows how to how to work the to keep the peace. Absolutely, seems like that kind of character. Like he's very gonna be, diplomatic. He's gonna yes, he's gonna be instrumental to the success or failure of things. And if if you lose him, you've lost the whole. You know, you've lost faith in everybody. Like he's a clearly a crucial character who's gonna sort of always be the, you know, the number two guy. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he's the he's actually the quartermaster is the title I guess that he has. Okay, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know the Chief actual responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> basically, he's kind of acts as the go between for the, as far as I can tell, the go between for the captain and the, the men. Okay. Ah, he's the quartermaster. Quartermaster, and they sleep in their quarters, so he's the <laughs> master of the quarter. So he's the kind of the keeper of the. All right, I'll go with that. Uh, and then there's the two girls. And those are the ones that stand out at me as kind of the characters that we need to be watching for right yeah, now. The ones um, that we know are going to continue to be. So Max is the gal at the... Um, yeah, Max. <laughs> Max is oh, the one you love. Max. Um, who is at the brothel. Um, and is very good about getting information. Like you can tell from the start that she's very opportunistic. She's smart. And she knows good information when she sees she's it. She's an entrepreneur. Oh, absolutely. Like mm. <laughs> she's a very smart girl. Um, and the blonde, I just don't have an interest in yet. Yeah, I don't know why. It's like they they're establishing that she's edgy and and insignificant. Eleanor comes across as really crass just from the get go. It doesn't feel natural to me because it feels like she's a, a pretty blonde girl who's got a role in a Hollywood show mm-hmm. uh, and feels a little bit miscast. This is why the whip, like I say, the women aren't ugly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, she just, when she does the. Uh, you're a producer and that makes me wet and I am going to go fuck myself comment to yeah, that guy. like you're a winner. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I just, it just felt a little hollow to me. Yeah. It felt like she's not that crass in real life is kind of how it came <laughs> off. Yeah, so how I kind of read it, um, she's definitely really young. Like she's supposed to be a teenage girl um, oh, is right. what what I'm to understand from it. Um and she is very much trying to play with the big guys. Like, she is supposed to be in charge, so she needs to throw around some weight like she's in charge. Um, but she is definitely young, and it is pointed out multiple times she is not in charge. It is her father who is in charge. She is just throwing around some extra weight where she can. Okay. So, so she's overdoing it a little bit. A little bit, yeah. And some people probably are, it's, that works for, and other people mm-hmm. are looking at her saying, whatever, like the guy who's slapping her around later. Vane. Uh, Charles yeah. Vane. Captain Vane. Captain Fan. Yeah, um, and they obviously um, are ex-lovers, as he kind of alludes at the end. <laughs> Don't make me forget that I once loved you. Oh, right. <laughs> Typical. Typical. Sure, she really feels like she's missing out, bro. She's hooking up with Max now. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> so I actually really liked how quickly Max and Silver partner up, that there was a little resistance at first, but then he realizes that she's she outsmarted him. She's an equal match, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. she totally outsmarted him, uh, and this was when she realizes that he's always got his eyeball on that thing that fell out of his jacket when he's yeah. In the, in when the there are a lot of women servicing him, yeah. Yes, uh, and realizes this is something of value, steals it from him, and then kind of blackmails him with it later to say, "You will, I want half." Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is, she actually. Helps him. No, no, she, yeah, yes, but she she really lays out her value. That's exactly what I'm saying. That I know, but I wanted to say my thing. 
Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have put it that way. She demonstrates her value very clearly and, mm-hmm. and makes a winning sales pitch. And if he's going to give her any resistance on her fee, which is 50%, uh, it's, yeah, but I've got you by the balls this way, that way, and that way. So absolutely, have at it. Trust me, you want me here. Uh, and I'm going to get this sold. I know everybody on the island, uh, like you're the wholesaler who's bringing me the product to sell. Absolutely. And and it is a compelling match. And it's compelling because unlike Silver, she's really somebody you want to know more of as a character. <laughs> you know, I know that you don't get that vibe from Silver, but Silver is, they are... No, I get it. They're two peas in a pod. <clears throat> they are so similar. I would almost say the male and female of the same, very similar. Like, Silver is the first character that we meet, though. I mean, yeah, it, it, true. this even though what's his name's the captain, this may well be Silver's show. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't disagree with you. Right, but no, they partner up right away, and uh, and it is an it is a compelling match because mm-hmm. it was a well put argument, and they do seem uh, well paired for each other. Absolutely. Although she seems like the brain of the operation. Yeah, but uh, you know, coming up with the. Finding the loot in the first place, knowing to grab it. I mean, him being opportunistic really goes a long way. Oh, no, he provides a lot. I'm just saying Definitely. she seems yeah. like the, the brain. Like oh, for sure. He's got to go do the, the work and the heavy lifting, and she's going she's gonna to be the puppet master working from behind the scenes. I could see that from the pilot. Okay, not necessarily. All right. Um, yeah, I would say that's not the case in the rest of the show, but in the pilot, I would say that that's definitely what I would take away from right. it. Um. Because Silver is just, he is so clever. <laughs> oh, yeah? He is unbelievably Well, clever. you know what he's, he is. Especially with his lies. Like, he's very witty with how he lies and how, he, like, he's he's very careful with the story he tells about himself. You're right, because if it wasn't that gross smile, the cap teeth, and the curly hair, mm-hmm. um, I would have been really impressed with the character. He's very charismatic. Because, yeah, well, he comes in with the, um, he comes in with the line... Early on, the I'm an excellent cook. He just stole the cook's identity that he just killed. Absolutely. Who told him, "Hey, you learn to cook. They they want to keep you around." Mm-hmm. Uh, so right off, he's he's a witty. Um, he's a liar and cheater. <laughs> he'll oh, clearly, absolutely. He'll clearly do anything to lie and cheat his way through. So I think then you look at all these pirates among each other, and you look at somebody who's all brawn and all. Um, you know, physical strength like uh, Singleton. Mm-hmm. You look at somebody who's sort of the whole package like Flint, mm-hmm. who, you know, matches with Singleton in a fist fight, but he really gets his ass handed to him. Oh, yeah. And it kind of lucks out. But he's, he's he can make a speech, he can charm him, and he's got gravity to him. He does. As a leader. Absolutely. A little, he's just like just uh, weathered and war weary enough, but still in, the, in his prime. So, so you look at this, the way different crooks leverage their strengths. Oh, because I was going to add that uh, Flint also really politically outsmarted Singleton with the, with the fake page in the pocket stunt. He pen. got really fucking lucky. <laughs> like, that was all... That he did. Like <laughs> yeah. So when he, for the audience, when he accuses him of stealing the missing page from the book that will lead them to the treasure. And, and we all know says, Silver has it. I'm challenging you to a fist fight and you're way bigger and stronger than me. But if I don't risk my life, I'm going to lose the ship and I'm going to lose the mission. They're probably going to kill me anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was bold. Very bold, yeah. So he's, that guy's got balls of steel. So he's like the whole package pirate. Oh, yeah. Um, but but you look at all these these various crooks, the way they leverage their strengths mm-hmm. is interesting, I think. And I think Silver is a good example of somebody who uh, who's not necessarily the the physical m- most impressive in a in a fight, but he's a charmer, he's a salesman. Yeah, yeah, he is very charismatic and uses that well. But yeah. I mean, I. He had said something to Max, something like, you don't have to do this, I have to. Like, it's a sickness, basically. Like, I have to do this. I see an opportunity and I jump on it. Um, And I think that that just ends up... Klepto. Yeah, it just does really well for him that he sees sees something shiny and he follows it until Mm -hmm. it makes him rich. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It works out for him because that's him leveraging his strength 
just the way that you know Flint has to leverage mm-hmm. his, and so it makes Absolutely. me think that th- throughout the show we're going to be seeing thieves and murderers. Yeah, you know the way they different styles. Some people are going to take the long con, mm-hmm. right? Probably we met characters in here who are going to you know flip and betray somebody later because it seems like that's going to be what the whole show is about. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, All right, I'm liking it more as we talk more about it. <laughs> I'm glad. I guess I'm I realize glad. I have no criticisms about it, other than sometimes I got to work too hard to listen to everybody's different accent. And there are so many names. Like, I've noticed you not having the name recognition already tells me that that's a large part of it, that you there were t- so many characters yes. to introduce to you in the pilot that if you're not giving it that full attention and aren't catching their names to identify who is who, that you might miss it. Game of Thrones took six episodes before anything happened. Oh, absolutely. And I can't fall asleep. But, and I mean, I ended up really loving the show. But the first little while, trying to learn who are all these people. Oh, my God. What's everybody's name? And where's everybody from? Several and- seasons in, I still didn't know by people by name. I'm like, oh, you mean this one? The one who does this? Yeah. So unless it was somebody I really cared about, you know, like Tyrion, Daenerys, you know, like the, the top people, you don't really... I mean, it was that was a lot of work forever. And, you know, even early on, you didn't know that Daenerys was going to be interesting, cool. Like she was just like a really pale haired, yeah, pretty girl, like pretty young girl. Mm-hmm. Well, and then her brother had the spotlight for so much of it that mm-hmm. you thought he was going to be maybe around longer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, it was hard to get to know characters in that. And yeah. I, I will say, I feel like it's a lot easier in this. There are just so many to get to know. And you're right, with the accents, if you can't hear it, if yeah. you're not... Because you, you, you miss a word. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. You miss a word and your brain like detaches a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, because it's detached a little bit, you sort of miss the next word and you miss the next sentence. And it's like, well, I'm fucking lost. Yeah. And then several episodes later, when you finally catch up with what's going on, because you could go back after watching, taking the first run through Game of Thrones and then going back to episode one, I thought, oh, that's who, oh, that's the the husband of the lady in the of the high castle with the make the Birdman fly thing. Oh, that was him, and he was the hand of the king, and he died, and that's what started the whole show. Oh, but the very beginning of the show is the White Walkers. I forgot all about that part totally. And when you when you watch it back and now know who everybody is and how they tie in, it's really clear what's going on. The yeah. plot's super easy to follow, in fact, because it's all clearly laid out for you. Yeah. But when you don't know what you're supposed to be listening to during the whole get to know you phase, mm-hmm. it's really a lot of work. So, but this is you know a problem of peak TV, not a problem of peak TV. This is a fact of peak TV. You know, modern television shows that I I don't think. You know, as we're discussing the show and realizing that there's no criticisms for it per se, um, whatever that means per se, I guess I don't know. Um, but whatever <laughs> those criticisms might be, I don't think it's fair to hold it against the show that there is an arc that does take you time to get into. Yeah, and I don't want to skip ahead too far, but um, well, actually, let's maybe tie this together. Because we've talked about the show as it's going to continue. There's going to be sort of this political jockeying mm-hmm. for power uh, with this passing of the football thing, sure. trying to find the treasure. That f- fulfills our third uh, in our scoring system on our show here, Pilots. Um, the plot? The plot, yeah. What's the overarching plot going to be across the season or across the series? Was that clearly established? I think we've kind of talked about it without talking directly about it, and it okay. is established. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I guess where I'm going for here is to get to the end of the show where he kills Singleton in a really political, in a political Hail Mary Mm -hmm. moment. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to duel to the death and if I pass, and now he's beat to shit too and his hands are all cut up from holding the sword and his eyes caved in. A second leap of faith. Right. If I pass, I will earn at least another two months with these guys, right? Yeah. Like it even just pushes back his eventual death. Uh, and and we know he doesn't have anything. He doesn't yeah, have Yeah, the... he hands a blank piece of paper to Billy and yeah. puts so much faith in, all right, Billy, my fate is in mm-hmm. your hands. And he just murdered a guy to keep his command, which he's sort of rightfully losing the uh, the faith of the crew on. Uh, and that is, to me, that's the hook. And then there's one more scene after that, which is Max... 
what is it? She tells somebody that she's got the... Max goes to Jack Rackham and Anne Bonnie and says, I have something that you might want to buy. Ah, right. And just as soon as this one problem is solved, oh, shit, we got bigger problems. Yeah, so... So um, the game is on. Yeah, exactly. So you, you see that um, Charles Vane, who was um, trying to help Singleton win... Mm-hmm. Um, and Charles Vane seems like the clearest villain right now at this point. Like that's, I can see that, yeah. That's somebody who... Well, he's got a menacing mm-hmm. look with the long hair and the tattoos and stuff. Um, he He seems like he's clearly being established as a... Antagonist to antagonist, Flint. absolutely to Flint, yeah. absolutely. Um, now, now that in there between the killing of that guy mm-hmm. and the next scene of okay, now some shit's really gonna get weird. That yeah. you're still like the game just continues and continues, and this is their life. I think that was a great hook. Yeah, absolutely. As we were coming to the end of it, I thought, okay, as I'm looking at this objectively for our for the sake of review, that was a really compelling arc that that pilot had that mm-hmm. gave you a lot of intrigue, gave you a lot of action, and gave you a really fun, dramatic, clear setup for what was to come. Definitely. Um, something that I thought was really interesting that they laid out so early on, um, and it was kind of a subtle moment with um, Flint and Billy when they're in the boat coming back from, um, they were yes. speaking with yep. Richard Guthrie, who is Eleanor's father, um, they just kind of helped him I didn't out of. I understand who that was. Okay, so that's Eleanor, the blonde girl's right. father. Um, so they run trade on the island. She's, you know, they run it out of that bar, but basically they're in charge of all of the trade on the island. The pirates bring in the goods to them, and then they sell it. He's sort of you know. a kingpin. Mm-hmm, kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, so kind of allows the pirates to illegally trade um, on the island of Nassau. So. Mm. Um, yeah, so once they are in the boat, um, I actually wrote this down because it was like so important to the, um, the plot of the show, like as a whole, like it just really speaks to the tone of the whole thing, Mm -hmm. um, was when he was talking about civilization. He says, when a king brands us pirates, he doesn't mean to make us adversaries. He means to make us criminals. He means to make us monsters. For that's the only way his God-fearing, tax-paying subjects can make sense of men who keep what is theirs and fear no one. Mm, that's the whole theme statement of the show oh, yeah. right there. Yeah, he says, civilization is coming, and they mean to exterminate us. Right. So the whole thing with the gold is one thing. You know, Flint is pursuing the Urca gold, which is, you know, he's looking for a ship that is carrying this $5 million in gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, the schedule, the stolen page has the location that that's supposed to be at so that they can intercept that ship and take $5 million. Um, it should be heavily guarded, etc. You know, this is the only documentation of where that would be at all. Um, and then you have your other piece where Vane is trying to chase after the same piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have civilization, which is actually the bigger piece of it that's creeping in, which when I was making my analogy to you with... Um, Game of Thrones, I kind of see civilization as being the White Walkers. Right. <laughs> Ironically, I see civiliza- you know, civilization because we're seeing it from the pirates' sense. Winter is coming. Yeah, winter is coming. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So civilization is coming. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. Well, and of course, I, of course I missed that line. Yeah. Uh, and it was a, a, a deep, heady moment that it was like a course correction for, it was a wake-up call for Flint because mm-hmm. that other guy, what was his name? Uh, which one? The one in the boat scene. Oh, Billy Bones. Billy Bones. Uh, Billy Bob Bones. When <laughs> Billy Bones ha- had the opportunity to flip. Mm-hmm. I think it makes that pretty clear. Like, hey, I just killed kind of our boss. So sort of a, Yeah. To help you. Um, and I'm wondering if that was the right decision. Yeah. Uh, and kind of has, well, it's sort of the come to Jesus moment right there. Mm-hmm. Um, where he admits to Flint you're weak and we see you as weak mm-hmm. uh, and you're losing it. Yeah. You're losing. And because I'm a nice guy and a good dude, uh, believe it or not, I got your back right now, but I'm not going to be able to do that forever and do yeah. that for much longer. And then to have that that uh, line of dialogue that you just shared. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. That's a really interesting... Well, I'm going to make an illusion for a second here. Um, Rocky Six, Sylvester Stallone, uh, 
which is the first, the only Rocky that I saw in movie theaters because the other ones like predated my life. Sure, yeah, I watched those when I was a kid. Right, so. yeah, and I'd seen them when I was a kid, but I saw that at the movie theater, and I thought, man, and it was. I think it's seriously uh, underrated mm-hmm. as a movie because it's just a really good character study. It's kind of done on the cheap, and it feels that way to the show's benefit, to the film's benefit, I think. But somewhere in there, I thought it was a really well written, short, simple script. Yeah, uh, and. Sylvester at some point and it says to his son uh, hey life is not about um, how hard you can hit Mm -hmm. it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward and it was at the time like the clearest theme statement that I'd ever heard in a film and I just identified it immediately I thought wow that was powerful that was clear this is what the entire movie is about Mm -hmm. This guy overcoming the hits and continuing to move forward at his great age now, past diminished skills, et cetera, et cetera. This scene with the pirates talking, mm-hmm. uh, the world means to endanger and Extermi- extinct us. Yeah, exterminate us. Yeah, because of our way of life, because of our values, because of our beliefs. We're out here getting this treasure that's for the taking. Nobody owns that. It's for the taking, and yet you got a king that needs to come along and criminalize us to... Because he's playing a similar game, he's mm-hmm. got to keep his power. Um, but our, but we are threatened. And and to hear you read that back, like we're entrepreneurs, we're self-made men. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is only wrong because the world declared it as wrong mm-hmm. and made criminals out of us. Uh, and and what's so wrong about it? Isn't it like isn't this the nature of things? And why are we being punished for it? So it tells you everything you need to know about the psyche of these guys in a way that's really redeeming. Yeah, I would say so, definitely. That they are, yeah, that it's them versus civilization, and it kind of tells you why we're rooting for them instead of civilization. Yeah. It kind of makes us lean in to be like, okay, why are we rooting? Like, shouldn't civilization be the the good thing? Well, when you put it that way, (laughs) right? It's like you hear them say that and go, oh, well, when you put it that way, this is a great example of of a show with a really complicated villain. You know, the best villains are the ones that you're sympathetic to because you understand their position, right? Yeah. Even if you disagree with them or however clear it is that these guys are the evil villains because they want to, you know, ruin the whole world. These guys don't even want to ruin the whole world. They just want to make some wealth and, and find their own island somewhere and, and be their own kings. Absolutely. And you hear the, the sort of the libertarian message in there <laughs> that drifts probably into an anarchist message. And there's a part of it's like, yeah, that's really pure. Like, that's really <laughs> yeah. totally, I totally get that. Um, you know, it's funny. They make civilization, and it's the smallest piece. They make civilization really icky in just a small line. It's, um, it's gossip reinforces shame, and without shame, the world is a dangerous place. And it just made me, like, that was the ick factor of civilization. Mm. Like, it's like, we're going to shame you into our way of life. Right. Oh, yeah, the whitewashed horde. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, the Spanish naval officer, I believe, um, as he came into Richard Guthrie's office right before he, Billy Bones, and Flint mm-hmm. killed the guys who came in mm-hmm. right before the boat scene we just discussed. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I had on that. No, that's huge. That's yeah. that's the entire show right there. Yeah. Because um, if, if you could, if that was the beauty of that line from Rocky, mm-hmm. was if somebody had asked me, What's the movie about? Yeah. And you didn't explain any plot to them mm-hmm. and said it's about how, you know, a character going through, taking the hits in life and, and proceeding through it to still find value and, you know, in himself. In this, it is that line right there. Yeah. Um, if you took the whole plot out, if you didn't even tell people it was about pirates, mm-hmm. like what's the show about fundamentally? Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. I like that. I didn't think about stripping out pirates and just. Well, that's how I, that's kind of how I have I've always struggled to define theme. Mm-hmm. I don't think public school necessarily <laughs> teaches it no. really well. <laughs> but that's kind of how I've always. It's required in all of our, uh, you know, whatever paper you have to write, your essay yeah. that you have to write on your, you know, whatever your reading was. But yeah, I I never understood what to write as theme. I just kind of filled in whatever fluffery I could fit in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I jumped over something because uh, I wanted sure. to talk about that hook because I got excited about yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Did did I jump too quickly over uh, 
the arc because I th- I think it's super clear. No, that this. is clear. Okay, definitely. Um, so that I guess we've just discussed the four categories. Yeah, the characters, the j- establishing of the genre, the uh, what is the the arc of the story that we you know yeah should what expect. can we expect going forward? Yes, and uh, and was there a hook? And in every category, uh, we think it was successful, right? I think so. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to say, I've, I've, you know, having rewatched the show so recently, I was not excited to come and watch it. Like the idea of rewatching something I'd seen so recently was. I just think that's rough. why we kept delaying a little yeah, bit. Yeah, maybe because we were supposed to record this three weeks ago. Life keeps coming up, right? Yeah. Uh, but but there was a part of me that thought tonight I wanted to postpone again because I had some other thing I could have done mm-hmm. for work and I thought well I don't need to do that yeah like I don't need to I just kind of want to throw myself into that and I thought you know what we've got to get black sales out mm-hmm. of the way because I really want to do lower decks next week yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized I wa- I just watched black sales mm-hmm. and I watched it the f- twice actually the first time I didn't pay any attention mm-hmm. to it realized I paid no attention to this yeah watched it a second time paid attention texted a bunch and then so and paid it's like almost no attention I, I was there for it but I, I but it's hard when you miss those it little was, bits yeah it was having a I was having a hard time the first time mm-hmm. it was just background noise the yeah. second time I was having a hard time keeping up with understanding them, them yeah. yes and this time I was like okay I could definitely pull all the pieces together now especially after seeing episode two but you're right having seen it so recently it was like look it's yeah I wasn't it's a, and it's an hour long like I just don't worry like I wish we hadn't said we would do this <laughs> but I felt giddy through many parts of the episode a bunch of pirates on a ship I don't know. I really enjoyed, um, and it, I guess that comment went specifically back to when Mr. Gates and Billy were talking, and uh, Mr. Gates was trying to tell Billy, like, hey, I need you to go in when he talks to Mr. Guthrie. Like, you need to go in and make sure that if that conversation doesn't go as planned, he's not going to make it so we can't trade on mm-hmm. this island anymore. Like, you need to keep him in, in check. And he's like... He doesn't listen to me. He never, he never pays attention. And then, you know, Mr. Gates back. He's like, oh, we, it was the funniest line ever. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, he cares more about you than, you know, he listens and cares more about your opinion than you think. And I just started, like, it was so funny because, like, he does not. Like, you know <laughs> from the pilot. You don't have to know him to know he doesn't. Right. He's going off of his own plan. He mm-hmm. knows what he wants. He's going after it. Everyone else is kind of a pawn in this. So they accidentally shoot and kill that guy, though. Right? <laughs> Which guy? Guthrie. Oh no no Guthrie's shoulder is grazed. He he makes it. Oh okay. Yeah. Gotcha. This is when he diverts the gun and Billy Bones gets him shot. Mm-hmm. Guthrie was the curly hair. Yeah, he's he's the guy the wearing the powdered wig. Okay. Yeah. Oh all right. I was I thought in that moment he got shot in the chest and died. No, he totally. It, it, it's very unclear. But I looked, and it's, it was unclear. His was um, his shoulder was grazed oh. and bloody. But they don't really go back to make sure you know he's alive. So it's like, hey, hope you remember this guy. Kind next of week. a huge deal. We just killed the kingpin of the island, mm-hmm. who makes it so we could do business here, and the father of the girl, and it just doesn't really come up again. All right, so that didn't happen. And does he continue to be in the show? Yes. Okay. That I guess a pretty prominent part, actually. Yeah. All right. Being being the you know captain of trade on the island. See, that's interesting because we talked about how the characters leverage their different skill sets Mm -hmm. to do you know what they do Mm -hmm. to be deceptive. Take a guy like that in his powdered wig. Oh, Guthrie. Yeah, very proper. And he is he's a white collar criminal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So all the criminals. Are all the criminal archetypes are equally represented? Yeah, that's nice, <laughs> including hookers. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Do you want to call it well yeah. selling sex for influence? She steal, you know, the hooker who they're in the act, and she realizes that piece is valuable to oh, him. Oh, so yeah. So she steals that from him. She's her hooking doesn't pay the bills. Oh no! Looking secrets she and information. Establishes, she yeah, her information. client exactly. So yeah, they by selling sex. <laughs> yeah, I think they make it pretty clear, um, and they they kind of elaborated on it in later later seasons mm-hmm. um, that it it be, it's a great advantage to them to have men who come in from you know yeah. being pirates and want the warmth of a woman that he might tell her anything, you know, pillow talk, and that they get a lot of information. So they trade in secrets. They they are the people who know everything that's going on in the island because everyone visits them. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, And it's it's probably uh, quite a historically accurate thing that, you know, 
the women who mm-hmm. have to sexually please the men mm-hmm. uh, on the island, that that's their role. No, it's like it's they're not stupid. Uh, they're going to take that information and sell secrets. Of course they would. And and it's like uh, I'm thinking right now that like a you know a a what's the word uh, stereotype mm-hmm. of women being gossipy. Yeah. It's like well if you're coming in there seeking the comfort of a woman mm-hmm. who you're paying to pretend to be your woman for the night, mm-hmm. you're paying to pretend to love you, mm-hmm. that you're gonna get all enchanted with that and spill the beans Mm -hmm. to the hookers that, yeah, like, what do they care? Like, they're not out there at sea. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. that's the worst. Of course they're all going to be talking because that's where the power is really seated. But the point is that among all of the characters we've seen, they are all criminals and they all function differently and operate differently uh, and are leveraging their skill sets differently and everybody to the same end, Mm -hmm. which is fun. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um. Okay, so that's a pass. What do you want to do now? Yeah, um, well, next week we're doing Lower Decks. We're doing Star Trek Lower Decks. I'm very excited about this. So I started saying earlier, I've been watching Yellowstone and Lower Decks, but I didn't get the whole word out. And Lower <laughs> Decks has been great, especially during a pandemic, I think, because it's really stupid and fun. Is it stupid and, it's and fun? it's a cartoon. Good. It's the kind of, yeah. So it's it's comical. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, yeah, I would yeah. assume so, being the animated no, yeah. I, I just realized yeah. there's no reason for you to know that for sure. Yeah, I haven't seen anything on it. I it's literally a Rick and Morty's. Uh, <gasps> yeah, the people producer. Make it. Yeah, oh, I love Rick and Morty, which I've never seen because I don't watch adult cartoons unless it's Star Trek. You would I'm hate it, but it's really good. <laughs> it's um, you know, I'm not sure that I would hate it or that I just wouldn't be interested because cartoons. It's because cartoons, on. absolutely. Yeah. So I, I still don't know that it's your type of humor anyway. Even if it wasn't, yeah. Um. But yeah, it's... Because I mean, Archer is, and yet I still don't want to watch it. Oh, I love Archer so much. <laughs> so much. Yeah, no, I think that Rick and Morty would bother you a little bit, but I don't know. I think it's still really intelligent. The characters are all gross looking. That's. I think that's the I thing that would bother that about you about it. it. That's. I think that, that you would not get past that. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Um, but no, there's a lot of... I, it's so... CBS All Access mm-hmm. is trying to grow the you know CBS is trying to grow their app their streaming app which mm-hmm. is of course the way television's going now um and maybe doesn't have enough fangasmy culty stuff yeah. and realize that they have this treasure trove of material with Star Trek uh that goes back 50 years and they <laughs> can create a new fan base and create yeah. new shows so they have three shows running at a time which is unheard of never happened before uh, and like two more coming. So there's like six shows in production total. Um, All Star Trek? Or yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. So they're really going in full on with the Star Trek universe. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, with the Star Trek Quotey Fingers universe. <laughs> well, you, you know, everything has a universe now, yeah. the Marvel universe. Uh-huh. So what's interesting is if you look at where, where we're at now in, you know, movies and television, where the broader the universe, the better. The more ways different fans can access it, you know, then you got the flagship property which is the avengers mm-hmm. and then you got all the offshooting stuff right you got netflix shows you got um i guess i'm not a marvel expert so you got all this other stuff right the first universe in this broad sense was star trek but it got so like in its own butt with its own lore and stuff mm-hmm. that it became unwatchable un- unapproachable for most people oh yeah so now it's like, oh, well, this is in vogue. So this was kind of before its time. So now let's start exploring all these different corners of the universe. So if we weren't doing so many shows right now, the fact that they're doing a cartoon would really bother me because it would seem like a waste. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now there's just so much variety. And the part that excites me about this, this is I'm telling the audience because you were there for this. Mm-hmm. When you reached out to me and said, have you seen Lower Decks? Because that's something in Star Trek that I'm interested in, having had nerd boyfriends in the past that try to get you into it, mm-hmm. but weren't nerdy enough to be smart about it, which is totally infuriating. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's possible that I am just, you know, they picked a, you know, he, he picked, picked the wrong gen. girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, like, on to the next. So maybe, but, um, <laughs> but no, that he just picked, he picked next generation, and I'm, you know, I have to watch something. Beginning to end, first episode okay. to last. Every time episode. the audience hears you say this, they 
grind their teeth in. You know what? I think there will be teams. I think there will be teams who agree with you on this. And I think that there are teams are people who like cannot watch shit out of order because it bothers them that it feels like your skin is being peeled off very slowly. It's terrible. That's not how 90s shows <laughs> need to be watched. Anyway, so you reached out to me and sure. said, this is something that's of interest. Yes. And everything just clicked. And I thought, oh, my God, it's working. Like their strategy <laughs> is working of how to how to expand the tent, basically, and yeah. get more people into it. Um, and so I was excited to hear that. So, so it was the anecdotal evidence that their plan to expand the base of the, of the fan base mm-hmm. uh, is working. And I, and I watched it, and I think the show is very, it's very trekky, where there's a lot of little inside Trek jokes, but they just kind of, they're subtle. So like, like little Easter eggs for people who have watched. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's things that, that uh, like, while you watch it, I'll be curious to see, but while you watch it, it'll make sense in the within that story, but mm-hmm. you won't realize that the reason that it's in this story is because they're making fun of 50 years of stupid Star Trek things that don't make any sense. Yeah. Which is, so it's super fun. Anyway, so so I was excited when you brought it up, and we said, okay, let's do Lower Decks after we do Black Sails. So that's a show that's foremost on my mind right now, and it's a 30-minute easy you know, escapist watch. So <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to that one next week. Me too. Awesome. Well, we'll do it then. This is <laughs> Pilots. Pilots.